broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. What is up, everyone? It is C.W. Hall, your host here on the Midtown Business Radio show. Some of you may or may not know, we broadcast from 950 East Paces Ferry. I'm co-opting some space with Top Right Partners. They're a strategic marketing consulting company helping large and mid-sized businesses retell their story, reframe it, better engage both their internal customers as well as their outside customers, and really begin to transform their business through telling their story better. And I read a, a blog post recently by Dave Sutton, who's founder of uh, Top Right Partners here, talking about three mega trends for healthcare marketers to leverage in 2017. And it started with some comments about the results of the recent 2016 national election. Surprised many folks. And obviously one of the core components of the uh, campaign winner's uh, platform was based on repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act. Of course, now that individual and Mr. Trump has won the presidency, and obviously uh, there is discussion going on around repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act, which leads us to our discussion today, talking a little about some of these trends that Dave pointed out in his article and how CMOs that are tasked with being able to tell the story and engage with their customers from a healthcare perspective without really knowing what's going to happen next. Because we know looking back over history, each time they've changed significantly the way healthcare is reimbursed, for example, it causes some major shifts and some measure of trepidation within the healthcare leadership world. And so here we are talking about repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act. What is a, a, a medical executive uh, do to tell their story effectively against that backdrop. And and three of the trends that Dave talked about was the shift to value-based systems. And that's only going to accelerate in his opinion. We'll talk a little bit about that. Obviously, as our population ages, more and more of us are needing the care of physicians as we age. And so there's a significant demand for highly trained healthcare professionals that's really going up at a uh, an exponential rate. And then, of course, the surge of baby boomers and their use of technology along the way gives rise to a number of different delivery options that might help hospitals and health systems strategically be able to scale themselves so they can handle some of those. So Will, I, I've got a chance to grab Will Allred. He's an associate here on the team at at Top Right Partners. And I said, hey, we should sit down and talk about this. So thanks for stopping into the studio today, man. Yeah, of course. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. The, the, the fact that the Affordable Care Act now is is being a topic of discussion. Is it going to stay? Is it going to go? It sounds like reading Dave's comments on the topic of the shift of value-based care and, and reimbursement doesn't sound like it's really going to go away. So maybe we carry on in the same direction that we have been, perhaps. I would argue that I've, the language that I've seen um, from Congress has been excited about the opportunity to repeal and replace Obamacare um, or the Affordable Care Act, however you, you know, call it. I think what's affecting marketers these days is there's a level of uncertainty for what that means for them. Regardless of whether it's repealed, replaced, the process that goes through, uh, marketers have a job to do every day. There's a question of what am I to do? How do I comfort patients? These healthcare decisions, 
it's it's no small matter. Um, you know, just last year, my mother uh, battled breast cancer, survived. Um, she's healthy and fine today. But those are no small decisions. And so when you're looking at what healthcare provider you're going to go with, you have to know that you're going to get valuable care. Um, and that's on the job of marketers to make sure that their patients come to those healthcare facilities and that they feel comfortable with the care that they're going to receive. You know, when you look at the notion of value-based care, I have a hard time, even if they go to change some of the underpinning of of the Affordable Care Act, I, I have a hard time envisioning reversing course on the focus around prevention and about wellness as a concept. I think that the, the, the health system has just begun to turn the ship and begin to, uh, I think, get a better handle on how approaching patient care from a wellness perspective, from an avoidance of illness perspective, rather than we can really treat you great. If you get sick, we can treat you really, really well. Obviously, that's valuable. And having those professionals, as we talked about earlier, that there's a, a need for more of is a key component. But to be able to have the population upon whom um, rest your your responsibilities for their care, if you can keep them having lower rates of chronic illness, if you can have them right. experiencing fewer hospitalizations as a per capita kind of number, those are things from a messaging perspective that you can really run with and really begin to differentiate yourself with, like you were talking about. When Absolutely. Trying to decide. If you look around a community like Atlanta, where there's a number of different choices within easy driving distance, it's telling your story. Right. And that's this focus on value-based care. And that's not going away. Um, regardless of whether you repeal, you replace, uh, it, this sort of goes hand in hand with our own belief in transformational marketing. It's no longer a transactional relationship that you can have with your customer base. You're not going to find a loyal customer base if you treat them as bring patient A in and bring patient B in and they're out the door and you don't see them again. You're not caring about their health after the appointment. And that that is a transformational uh, for lack of a better word, shift in the way that healthcare is thinking. And to go back and, and talk about the fact that, as I mentioned, if you read the the, the blog that Dave wrote, his, his comments were essentially allude to the fact that he doesn't believe that the value-based system is going to go away, even though they may make some radical changes to the Affordable Care Act. And why is that? Well, it's one of the things he, he shares is where the U.S. stacks up internationally with regards to outcomes versus what we have to pay per individual uh, to provide the health care, our outcomes just are not supportive of the way that we're going about it as compared to uh, our international peers. Absolutely. I mean, there is a huge, huge incentive on the healthcare systems in the United States of America to reform how they think. Uh, if they think of a customer from more than just they come in and they get X treatment and they think of it as, okay, because of X treatment, what did I do for that patient? You know, what is the value that I provided? Uh, it, it, it comes back to our philosophy of what is your story? Why are you doing this as a healthcare practitioner? It, it's not to, you know, 
do X amount of procedures on a daily basis. It is about making people healthy. And a value-based system reflects that. One of the things that is going to be experienced in driving the, the need for the highly trained healthcare professionals that we're short of is in addition to the fact that the, the population of older folks above the 40 is just expanding as we age, uh, that is coupled with the fact that the changes in the law did make available to certain populations some insurance and, and some access to care that maybe they didn't have before creating a, a, an expanding pool of people who are seeking to be cared for by those providers. So let's talk a little bit about the demand for the healthcare professionals and how to incorporate your message around your focus on value as an organization, making sure that your patient population is maybe a little bit more healthy, has a little bit better outcomes for a better cost of delivery than our, our other peers in the marketplace. Talk about how those organizations now need to message to the highly trained healthcare professionals that they're looking for some of the ways that technology is now being leveraged to be able to maybe ease the the transition of those those physicians as they grow through their medical training and some of them even getting population health, some of which they can use as online and remote learning type of opportunities. Talk a little bit yep. about how are we going to meet this demand? Uh, I mean, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics says it best. 10 out of the, the 20 fastest growing jobs in the nation are healthcare related. Um, this field's expected to create 3.2 million new wage and salary jobs in and through 2018. As a healthcare marketer, you have to serve as the glue within an organization. It, it's not just the outgoing messages. It's how are you aligning the internal people within your organization to also enhance and keep that experience throughout. I, I mean, I'm not going to go to another ER if you know I have a great experience at, yeah, um, just speaking of one of Atlanta, that Piedmont Healthcare is ER. You have to think of the customer or the patient's experience in this case as more than just, you know, we got them in the door. Mm -hmm. It's how do I train my nurses, my staff to reflect the story that we have going out to the market so that when, you know, patient A and patient B leave, they go to future patient C and they say, I had a great experience right. at this healthcare provider they really believe in what they're doing. It sounds like, and I know that through my experience here on the show hosting, uh, getting to meet healthcare experts, many of them physicians, I'm impressed by the number of healthcare experts who, in addition to whatever training they may have, whether it was uh, a, a physician or a healthcare executive, many of them are including public health as part of their their degrees, you know, the most of the ones I've seen are masters or higher right. PhD in public health. And it seems like that really kind of fits into that whole concept of trying to prevent on a grander scale. And one of the trends that's coming out of that public health kind of focus, as we've talked about, uh, and trying to keep a group healthier where there's fewer procedures to be done, which is counter to what we used to do. Right. I think that that trend is one of the reasons why we see more and more physicians moving back 
towards a W-2 type relationship or a contractor type relationship where they are an employed physician, right. part of a system to take advantage of some of the economies of scale that that organization brings over a private practice. Uh, it sounds like being able to use technology and online kind of access to different training and, and even recruiting sounds like those are things that are really coming into play with regards to trying to get their hands on some of these healthcare professionals. How, what are all the technologies that we're making available uh, and how do we support your academic learning? Things like that, I would seem to be part of the message that's important. But it absolutely is. Um, and when I look at messaging, it, it comes back to one main point, which is, are you ruthlessly aligned to why, what, and how you operate? Yep. It's, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? What are you doing to accomplish that? And how are you doing it? Uh, every message that goes out to the market should reflect that. It's, um, it's essential. It's, it's how some of the biggest, best companies of today have grown and built themselves up to be you know, not just you know, multi-billion dollar companies, but also you know, companies that have a loyal following. It's when you're going out and you're looking for healthcare professionals, you, know, you need to know that they're bought into your way of thinking. Uh, that that's on HR, and that's you mean being able to explain to them your philosophy as a healthcare organization, so that exactly. as they get out to the front line and delivering care, that they're in tune with that. Exactly, and it, it may not be that your you know why, what, how your story is so much different than the other providers down the street, but you need to know that that person who's joining your organization is aligned to your way of thinking, so that you are one solid congruent organization that's going to provide an aligned customer experience. It was an interesting point one that that Dave made in his his blog post talking about how as a healthcare marketer, you have to think about your message from two directions. One, obviously we're trying to have the patients that are in the community that have a choice that they choose your healthcare organization for their right. delivery of care. But at the same time, we're talking about the fact that to handle those folks we attract, we have to have the physicians and other healthcare specialists that we need to deliver those those services. And so part of, as we craft this message and reach out to the community, we have to also perceive that message is how effective would this be if one of those healthcare providers, whether they're a physician or a nurse or whatever the case may be, how do they perceive us as a brand such that they want to be here, but using our environment is where they deliver their healthcare. This is where market research, this is where going out and having conversations with the people who are interacting with your messaging is so important. It's, it's a lot of what we do at TopRight is, you know, we sit there and we have conversations with, yeah, you know, not just your customers, but your potential customers, your customers' customers. We want to know how this messaging is being perceived. If they want something different, if there's something that you're not doing, you know, we're going to be honest with you. It's not going to be a yeah, it's not always a pleasant conversation, you know, um, but it's it's a conversation that needs to be had. One of the things that we mentioned already in our conversation was dealing with the fact that uh, our population, our aging population is growing. Uh, that means we've got to try to find different ways to deliver care uh, to patients, including telehealth. That's one of the uh, big focuses today. I know that it's 
it's been around for a long time, but it's really begin beginning to find its stride, I think, right. and it's, will soon take over in a big, big way for a lot of people and how they get their care. Right. There's been a big issue of insurance companies not footing the bill for telehealth, and that's starting to change, yeah. which is great. I mean, it's being shown now that you can do it securely. You don't have to worry about HIPAA. Uh, you can have very strong compliant uh, technology upon which you are are providing that kind of care but it just makes sense to be able to provide services to high risk patient populations uh, we've taken a look at that around the state of Georgia for example and and how health systems are beginning to develop telehealth networks so that they can keep those patients closer to home do things like prevent and reduce the rates of premature deliveries for example Absolutely. better manage diabetes those types of things can you talk a little bit about some of some of the ways that the the marketing folks in healthcare are exploring those types of delivery models and and being able to then you got to tell people hey we've got this right uh, and that telling people we have this it, it's to me it's a message of hey we are taking a great next step securely to have a conversation with you where you're comfortable I mean. This is a problem that marketers probably won't be able to ever change, which is that nobody really wants to go to the hospital. No mm -hmm. one wants to be sick. There, there's a huge opportunity there. Um, and it's care about you. We are making this convenient for you. Yeah, I'll date myself a little. I'm I'm a millennial, and so I'm a lot more comfortable with the idea of you know video chatting with a doctor. And mm -hmm. I, I know those those comfort levels sort of start to taper off with age. Um, that's just statistics. It's where we're heading and it's where we're going. It's a great way for healthcare providers to reduce the costs. It's a great way for patients to receive a more personal interaction with their doctor. And there, there's a big opportunity there. I think it's important you know, that that's more about the messaging of getting it out there. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the execution, yeah, there. There's some questions of, you know, how do you make sure that this is aligned with, say, your patient portal? Is your IT team making sure that, you know, there are certain buzzwords that are picked up on without violating HIPAA that allow you to have connected conversations after so that you can follow up effectively? Um, yeah, it, patient engagement is going to be a huge thing going forward and that's part of this value-based care and it's um, it partially an IT uh, question and I think marketing needs to be a part of that because you know everything that marketing is bringing out is becoming more and more technically involved um, but it's as you reach out to customers those messages need to be aligned and if you start to expand the amount of channels that you're reaching out to these customers with, or patients, apologies. Ed. Well, they're, they're both, honestly. And right. nowadays, I think that it's not uncommon, and, and I don't really think it's a bad thing for a physician or even a hospital to view you as a customer. I, I think in the end, from the value-based perspective, I think they'll probably do a better job of delivering that to you more more accurately if they view you as a as a customer 
with a choice versus just a patient who has an illness that you got to come to me. I got you any, anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think saying, you know, saying client or customer is, is I don't believe that that is off the mark. It was, you know, the, the article that Dave wrote talked about some of the new technologies. I think it's interesting how with the emergence of technology that makes it possible for me as your physician or other provider of care to interface with you and, and evaluate, diagnose, and prescribe proper care for you remotely using, as you were talking about, telehealth as a, as a platform, the, the home visit is actually coming back. It's, it's, it's strange to think about it, but, but I, I think that we will be seeing a surprising number of patients being seen in the home by physicians. One right. of the things Dave talked about was UberDoc. They're exploring ways of of being able to utilize those types of logistics to tackle the issue of getting physicians to you. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's nothing more personal than having, you know, a, a doctor in your home. Um, and it, it puts the emphasis back on marketing that they need to establish that trust. Um, uh, yeah, this, this idea of trust in these new technologies tapering off as you age. It's not something new, um, but it's a challenge for marketers because the demand for these services is going to be in those markets where uh, they may not trust a physician visit via the phone. Uh, they may not trust a, a stranger coming to their house. It, as a marketer, you have to tackle that by talking about Here's why we're doing it. Here's what we're doing to accomplish that. And that means that we have to have a more personal relationship with you because we care about your well-being. It, it goes back to we want you to feel that we care. And how you act is going to depend a lot on that. I think one of the challenges of that message that you're describing to tell me that you are concerned about my my outcome as well as my perception of experience while I'm engaged with you uh, is valuable. I think it's interesting. One of the challenges that Dave talked about is that many of the, many of the things that we're doing around preventive health, around the Affordable Care Act and the changes it brought, a big, a big shift or transformation, you might say, <laughs> in, in healthcare was moving more obligation, particularly financial, toward the patient that they were paying more as a portion of their care. A higher deductible. A bigger shift from the old days, as it were, but, 10 years ago where you could, I don't feel very good. I'm going to the doctor. I'm going to the urgent care center. I'm going to the emergency room. It was very easy to feel not well and go to the doctor, get, get something done. Absolutely. And now we're, we're trying to make you be more judicious in your use of the services, right. use them effectively, prevent things from happening to you. So you got to incorporate that transformation into your message as well, that we yep. want you, but don't, not too much. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just playing in terms of, of that, but being able to talk to the, to the patient population about behaviors and choices they're going to make that will ultimately result in that playing out. They're in the hospital less. They have fewer things happening to them. Being able to include those types of strategies into the messaging out to those people that you're saying, hey, we care about you and your outcomes. Here's how we're going to do it. 
understanding that many of the ways we're delivering care to these people are going to be different now. It's going to be remote. It's going to be maybe on the patient's site. And patient's going to be doing a lot of things on their own. Uh, and it's funny you mentioned um, patients paying more for their health care. I was reading a very interesting article uh, a few weeks back, and it was talking about, um, yeah, why do you continue to fail to exercise? Um, sort of a provocative article mm -hmm. arguing that you know, if you paid X percentage of your income towards a gym membership or you know, a new yoga studio membership, that you would be more inclined to go attend and actually get the benefits out of what you're doing. Uh, psychologically, you're more predispositioned to want to go. Um, and that, I think that might be the psychology behind why you're trying to get patients more bought into their own health, mm -hmm. why they're paying more for that care. Now, if I have to pay more to go see my dentist, you better believe I'm going to go to CVS and pick up some floss sticks and start flossing. There is that element of it. You're absolutely correct that that when I'm when I am responsible for the for the dollars earning them and then for dis distributing them, and I have to make the choice of do I go to the ER today because I'm not feeling quite well, or is this a cold? And maybe wait a day or two, try some right. home remedies first. Uh, there is that component. That's absolutely correct. And I, then beyond that. And just as importantly, from a messaging perspective, because the, the piece that is integral to effective population health is to have that individual realize that the choices that they make definitely impact their outcomes themselves. It's not all about what care you get when you go to the physician or to the hospital. It is also about what are you doing in between those those times in your own time? Are you doing the things that you need to do that will help? mitigate your risk for diabetes? Are you watching what you eat and treating that like a medication? Different things like that, that the individual does have responsibility for with regards to what their outcome ultimately is. But right. the cool thing about the one thing that I enjoyed about the ACA and that I know will stick or stick around, I agree with Dave's assertion that the value-based approach is going to work, is that now that the shift and, and, and why I think that that organizations like Top Right Partners that really focus on transformational and strategic marketing messages is to be able to engage that user on the other end of services to actually do the things that you need them to do. If they're at risk for diabetes, then maybe they're pre-diabetic, then for me to engage you effectively and touch you more frequently right. using technologies, different things like that, then I'm, I'm more gently prompting you to do the things that you're talking about. So if, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would probably not, you know, would opt out of it, but let's say that one of the things for an extra dollar, your, your, your gym membership, they would check in with you periodically. Hey, we haven't seen you right. at the gym. I mean, if someone was noticing your absence and encouraging you to, to, to come in, maybe talking about a class that might be good for you, things like that, you might be more inclined to possibly go messaging opportunities here for the health healthcare system to be able to talk about the different things that they're providing technologies they're using to deliver care, et cetera, that, that will help you as a patient achieve that positive outcome. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that's a big, big opportunity in the healthcare field, which is engagement. You have to stay on these patients and make sure that you reach out to them with the right message at the right time. Um, yeah, you, 
you have to make sure that you're reaching them in the way that they want to be reached. Um, do they prefer a phone call? Do, do they want you to send them an email? Uh, you know, there's certain HIPAA regulations that you have to work with. Patient engagement is going to be the, the challenge, in my opinion, of what healthcare marketers need to accomplish. They need to accomplish, okay, we got them in the door. Yeah. Healthcare marketers have been doing that for years, getting patients in the door. Now they need to develop a new expertise, which is keeping patients engaged after they get in the door. Mm -hmm. After they get in the door, providing them with, okay, you were diagnosed with uh, diabetes. What are you doing now afterwards to make sure that you stay well? Uh, because that's now how physicians should and will be compensated. I think that's true. Where where can folks go if they want to read the the blog post we've been talking about, three mega trends for healthcare marketers to leverage in 2017? I'm sure it's on the website. Talk about where yeah. folks go get access to the blog post that you all have put up. I've read a number of the articles over time, always insightful, as well as being able to get in touch with one of the team here to talk about transforming the message you're providing to your healthcare patient population. Always happy to come in. Uh, you can read our blog posts. Um, we post every Tuesday and Thursday um, on our website, uh, on the insights page of our website. I invite you to check it out. Uh, we're writing on different topics that we've come across. And yeah, right now it's it's a lot on the system side of our 3S methodology. And I think that speaks well to that engagement piece. It's the making sure that your systems are aligned so that you're having those communications at the right time with the right patient. And it's toprightpartners.com? That's correct. If you've not done so already, in the upper left-hand corner of the Midtown Business Radio Show page, you'll see the Apple logo there. That'll take you over to the iTunes store where the podcast lives. You can subscribe to us, and that way each week when the new episode comes out, it's downloaded straight to your device, ready for you to check it out when it's convenient for you. We hope you turn around and share this information, put it out on LinkedIn, put it out on Facebook for us, help us get the word out so that we can help our peers in the healthcare space be able to more effectively tell their story uh, and, and help the, the outcomes for the patient populations they're serving. Obviously, the folks here at Top Right Partners are great experts to turn to for advice in that regard. So I'm really pleased to have Will Allred, one of their associates, sitting in the studio with me to talk a little bit about one of their published pieces. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody out there who made us a part of your day today, I want to say thanks so much. We really appreciate your time. We're looking forward to catching up with you next time. We'll see you then.